awesome sauce. Let me know how close that was. I did it on the table. Oh, oh, okay. Huh? I, I did it. I kind of focused it on the table. Don't stress me. Well, let me know how close that was. We're far. I'm just curious. I'm off my eyeball though. Well, these are pretty well. I have everything saved here. I just um, oh, that's You want to do it that way? Yeah, zoom me in more. Oh, I'm at the red line, right? I want, yeah, I want the camera to hit like bottom there. Oh, you want it that close? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So sound good to go. Let's pray one more time, and um, yeah, let's pray. Uh, Father, we just, we praise you for this time, and um, we just, we give this this moment to you, God. We give ourselves to you, Lord, and um, God, we pray that you continue to increase um, what it is that we plant and how we water. Um, God, I thank you for every person every light group, every friend, every family member uh, connected to us. Um, and so, uh, Jesus, just ask that you would flow, uh, that you would speak, um, and that, God, you would, you would draw people onto you. Draw them, God, in this, in this season. Um, and just do the supernatural as only you can do. Heal hearts, um, provide and uh, build your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Awesome. Ready? All right. <clears throat> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Senior photos. <laughs> 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 
I had to wear the smell during the yearbook because it was because oh. it was forced. Like, dang it! Yeah. It's like, uh, are you a senior? Yeah. Like you want a photo? did make sure that when we filmed the announcement video, as well as the hosting from last week, we kept it very generalized, so it could yeah. be Watch Party Sunday as long as you want it to be, gotcha. um, so I would refrain from dates. Um, other than that, they're going to be coming straight uh, from prayer right into you, gotcha. so we'll go ahead and get started. Awesome. Good, good, right. good. Awesome. So we'll do a quick mock prayer just to get your head there. And get them celebrating. Cool. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. All right, here we go. In three, two, one. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Wow. Watch party oh Sunday. Come on, church. Let's celebrate. Yeah. Man, we certainly hope that you're, you're having a fun time. Uh, today, it is truly the, f the, no, let's start back over. Let's start over. Watch Party Sunday. Yay. Yay. All right, cool. One more time. Yeah. Right. People just hosting whenever they want. Okay. I'll stay away from meals, just watch party and get to my safe zone. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Yeah, let's go right here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow, Watch Party Sunday. Come on, church, let's celebrate again. We're so excited to be here. We, we hope you're having fun wherever you are, um, that you, you know, you're getting together with friends and, and your family of faith, and man, we hope you're having a blast out there. Uh, what I do want to do right here in this moment before we get started is I want you to take out your phone, take out your phone and take out your device, whatever you got to do, and Share, share, share yeah. um, today. Share the word, share the message. Uh, we are on Facebook, we're on YouTube, or you can go to our website. But share, text, call, let them know that we're having church today at Highlight Online. Come on, church, let's celebrate Watch Party Sunday. We are stoked as we enter week three of The Way Up. Week three of The Way Up. But before we get into the message, I want to bring to our attention our outreach platform, Highlight the City. And um, man, your church has been doing some phenomenal work across the city of Gaithersburg and Montgomery County. Um, specifically, uh, we've been doing some work for a couple years with Family Service, as well uh, with the Betty Ann Cranky Center. And uh, over this COVID-19 kind of time, we've been providing many toiletries to the mothers and the children there. Uh, this is a, a center that provides shelter and um, protection for mothers and, and children fleeing domestic violence. And uh, through your faithful giving, we've been able to supply their needs and meet their expectations in this season. And uh, as well, I just got a new number in from Man of Food. Uh, we've been going to Man of Food for a few months now, and uh, we've packed over 14,000 care kits as a church. Come on, church. 
14,000. And so a care kit provides um, days worth of, of food for uh, a, lot of, a lot of kids who have been home due to COVID-19 and uh, their parents are not home throughout the day. They have to work. But as a church, your faithful giving and showing up to pack those care kits has really made a big difference. And so um, once again, uh, I just want to thank you for um, your giving and your generosity. Uh, you're truly shining the light of Jesus Christ. Your giving is it's feeding people. It's providing hope. And just like I said last week, when you give, you are an extension of the arm of God in people's lives. And so um, it's just been an encouragement to my faith personally to see how Highlight Church has responded uh, during this time. Because it's a tough time for everyone, but to stay faithful in your giving is, is one thing. So, um, And I encourage you, I encourage you to continue to trust God and test God in this, in your offering, and, and watch God move in your life. What I want to do real quick is I want to lead us in two ways two ways to give, two ways to give. Uh, the first way you can give here at Highlight is you can go to highlight.church and you can hit the invest tab or you can do highlight.church slash invest. Uh, it's very user-friendly. You can give a one-time offering or you can set up for recurring and um, very user-friendly platform there. Um, become a part of the difference making, become a part of it. Um, be consistent, be consistent. The second way to give is you can give by text. Uh, you can text any amount to 84321. Any amount to 84321. And uh, we will be sure as a church to get the, the resources into the hands, into the lives that, that need it. And so we're grateful for you. What I wanna do is I wanna pray as we receive this offering. I wanna pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this moment. Um, we thank you, Lord, that it, even in a season of uncertainty, um, that you are still a provider. Yeah. And so, God, all that we have belongs to you. And so uh, we're just giving back to you what you've given to us mm -hmm. so that you can use it to impact those who are in need. Yeah. And so, God, I pray that you would, even in this moment, increase our faith as we prepare to give, um, increase our faith. And as we step out and as we trust and as we give, even in this tough season, God, we trust that you're going to show up right. and do the miraculous. You, and so, um, Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. We celebrate, we celebrate offering and giving around these parts. So thank you all. Let's go ahead and dive into the word. I want to give you context real quick. I, I don't want to hold you too long, but you know, you know how us <laughs> preachers get, we can get pretty long-winded. My last two messages have went long, but they've been good. They've been good. Oh, man. Don't, don't tell me that. Let me pull up a seat and preach. No, don't tell me that. But let's get into it. So I want to give you some context. We're going to be in 1 Kings 17, but before we go there, um, I want to talk about King Ahab. King Ahab um, was Israel's sixth king. Um, he was number six, and uh, he served as king for some 40 years. And uh, when King Ahab takes leadership in Israel, this is Old Testament, so it's before Christ, um, Israel has turned to the worship of Baal, yeah. to, to Baal worship. And so back in this day, God would raise up prophets, and we've talked about Elisha, and um, God would raise up prophets. And this particular prophet that God raises up and in King Ahab's time, his name is Elijah. So this is Elisha's predecessor. This is Elisha's teacher. Um, and Elijah was a, was a bad man. So, so, so God was raising up prophets and he was sending these prophets to kings to minister to them, to guide them. Um, and as Ahab led, he led the people further and further away from God. And so the, the name Elijah means Yahweh is God. And uh, Elijah, much like Elisha a couple weeks ago, Elijah represents the presence of God in Israel. Um, God has chosen to kind of back off of his people. Now he's just watching as they slowly fade away into yeah. idol worship. But, yeah. but as God is faithful, so he sends Elijah, the prophet, to confront King Ahab's corrupt leadership. And so um, we're going to jump out here real quick. First Kings 7 
verse one says, now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead. <laughs> Have you ever been to Tishbe? No, okay. <laughs> Me neither. It's from Tishbe in Gilead. He told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord lives, the God of Israel, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. As surely as God lives, there, there's going to be no dew or rain until I say so. I mean, Elijah was a bad boy. And it's not that Elijah had the power, but it's that God had sent Elijah a word and he sent it forth through Elijah. So thus, whatever Elijah said, God said, and that's what it was, that's what it was going to be. And you may ask, so why? Why? It's because Baal was believed to be the God of rain and the God of bountiful harvest. And so what Elijah is saying here is, is that um, as long as you depend on other things to be your, your source and your resource, um, it, it's going to always fall short. And, and so God is essentially condemning the bell worship at Elijah's word just to remind them that I am your, I'm your supplier. And so uh, what happens is, is that there's a drought and there's dead livestock and dead cattle and barren fields. And Jesus even says in Luke chapter 4, referring to the story that we're about to get into, uh, Jesus says that this famine that Elijah uh, uh, is about to, that he caused or that he prophesied lasted for th uh, three and a half years. So this drought caused the famine that lasted for three and a half years. And so we're going to pick it up in 1 Kings 17, verse 8. And so Ahab is upset and he wants to respond to the prophet. So God tells Elijah this in verse eight. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. So leave Israel. I'm going to send you to an unbelieving city. And it is there that I'm going to feed you through through a widow. Now, this is interesting because biblically, um, you know, a, a widow is, is someone who, who, who has lost, she's lost her husband. This widow, thus, in losing her husband, she's lost her provider. And so um, widows in this time depended upon the, the random charity and generosity of other people. And um, so they would oftentimes go into the city and, and try to do some kind of act of service in order to receive some form of income or some form of, of money. And Elijah, knowing this, he, he knows that God, okay, God, you're sending me away from Israel and you're sending me to a widow to provide for me. That just doesn't really make much logical, much logical sense. And so many of us may not necessarily be widowed, but there are seasons where we experience lack in our resource. Yeah. Thus, you can, you can consider us in those seasons of a lack of resource, spiritual widows. Mm -hmm. Many people right now, millions as a matter of fact, are experiencing spiritual, uh, being, being a spiritual widow. Wow. You know, the, the jobless claims are back up and um, this person has been laid off and there's been a cut in pay here and there's been a furlough here and this business has gone down. I mean, there are a lot of churches that have gone down and they're never going to recover because of a lack of resource coming from the people into the church. As a matter of fact, if your church is 100 to 150 people, you stand a great chance of not making it out of COVID-19. So even some churches right now are widowed. And so um, it's just really, a, really a, a real issue. And I want you to go ahead and write these things down. Yeah. This woman is in a severe season of lack. But in a season of lack, God provides. He provides. He provides. And number one, he provides in places we least expect. God provides in places we least expect. Elijah, I'm sending you to Zarephath, where there's no God anywhere. <laughs> I'm sending you to a people I have not chosen anywhere. Wow. And I'm sending you to a widow's home. It's because why? God provides in places that we least That's expect. Yeah. A lot of us, we, we can't seem to see where the next paycheck is going to come from or the next open door or the next opportunity. 
but God provides in places that we least, we least expect. God, God is going to do his best moves of provision during COVID-19. And number two, during seasons of lack, God provides through people we least expect. God provides through the people we least expect. Be it, be it a family member or a supervisor or a stranger, God, God has a way of orchestrating things for our good and for, for our better. And so he sends the prophet of God, Elijah, the man of God, to a widow, an unbelieving widow at that. And I just really want to encourage you in this season, if, if you're experiencing lack in the area of provision, if you're experiencing lack, God, is, God has already spoken to your solution. He, he's already working on the solution in your life. So, so don't lose heart. And it says it right here. First Kings, we're going to pick it up. 17 verse 10. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water and a cup? And it says this here, as she was going to get it, he called to her. Oh yeah. Bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear. <laughs> By the Lord, your God, because I don't serve him. By the Lord, your God, that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. Right. I was just gathering a few sticks, man. Why are you bothering me? <laughs> I just came here to get some sticks to cook. Yeah. And she says this, to cook this last meal then my son and I will, we're going to die. Then my son and I, we're going we're gonna to die. You, you need to watch out for this. During seasons of life, go ahead and write this down. We tend to exaggerate our situation. You, you, you got to watch out for the, the spirit of exaggeration. <laughs> when, when, you know, oh my God, they left me. I'll never have a friend ever in my life ever again. <laughs> It's like, can you go on Facebook? Don't you got about a thousand friends? <laughs> Call somebody. Yes. You got to, you know what I mean? And, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but oh my God, I lost a job. I'll never, I'll never eat again. Oh my God, I, I lost, you know, I got a decrease in pay. I'll never pay my bills again. Wow. You know what I mean? Like we have to watch the exaggeration. And so Elijah says, hey, um, can you get me a cup of water? Then he says, uh, Oh, yeah, make me some bread, too. And, and her response, Lance, was, I don't have any bread. At first, she said, I don't have anything. But as she spoke, she said, well, I actually have some oil and I have some flour. So you do have something. You have something. You have something that you can you can give. You can give. But you got to you got to watch that exaggeration that exaggeration. And it says this here in first Kings 13 through 14, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Yeah. Yeah. Elijah representing the presence of God, make some bread for me first, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I know he's not your God, but he's about to be after he gets through blessing you. And he says this here. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow, grow again. I love the heart of God. I love his heart. Because when we're in seasons of lack, God, God's heart is to lead us through the season of lack. He wants to lead us through the season of lack. You know, I'm, you know we, we got two kids, 11 and 5, right? And so whenever they feel down or discouraged or that they haven't met the mark, as parents, it's, it's our job to lead them through the lack. We're not going to just sprinkle some, some pastor mommy daddy dust over them. 
But <laughs> that's good. <laughs> like we're going to fly into their rooms and we're going to sprinkle a little dust here and a little dust there. And we're going to back out from nowhere. And then we're going to solve their issues. No, God isn't a God who just comes in and he's going to sprinkle a little, a little God dust. No, no, no. He wants, he wants to lead you through your life. And, and, the way that, and the way that God leads you through lack is through his principles. Through his principles. And, and, and so you, you may be an unbeliever watching this, this message right now. And we're certainly, we're certainly glad you're there. And, 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 and you may be an unbeliever. But what I want to encourage you with this is, is whether you're a believer or a non-believer, God is a God who honors his word. God honors his principles. Some of the most blessed and affluent people in society are people that honor biblical principles, but they don't believe in Jesus. This is a part of the reason why many people in the body of Christ struggle. It's because it's easier to say that I believe in God than actually doing and applying the principles that God gives. So what Elijah is doing is he's went to an unbelieving woman because she even she confirmed that she says the Lord, your God. So little man of God who's asking me for a little, a little money, mm-hmm. there's a reason why we're both here, right? So he's your God. But little does she know that Elijah has the answer to her issues. Yeah. And, 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 and so it's all about him allowing him to lead us. What is God trying to teach you? Right. What, what, is, what is God trying to tell you? What is God trying to get you to do in order to open up the heavens so that, so that blessings can pour out? into your, your life. What I want to entitle this message, go ahead, I'm going to give you a title. I want to entitle this message, Up and Out of Lack. Up and Out of Lack. And so first point of encouragement today, as we, as we dive into the application is, number one, I want to encourage you to put God first in your finances. Put God first in your finances. Don't tune me out. It's just about to get good. Don't tune me out. Hear me out. Yeah, oh, another financial message. No, you need to hear this. This is, <laughs> this is COVID-19 season. Everyone a little tight. But put God first in your finances. He said this to her. Here it is. Don't be afraid. Make a little bread for me first. So Elijah represents the presence of God. And he's giving this biblical principle to a woman that God is about to bless. As a matter of fact, this verse of scripture is so powerful that when Jesus referred to it in Luke 4, you, you really ought to go read Luke 4. Yeah. He, he said that in this time, Jesus said in this time, there were many widows in Israel. In Israel, God's chosen people, where Elijah was from. There are many widows in Israel, but the problem with Israel at this time, which represents the modern day church, was that they had stopped following the word of God. So so the reason why God sent Elijah to the widow was because she had more faith than the unbelieving widows in Israel. And God knew it, even though she wasn't operating in it, that belief was deep down on the inside of her. So Elijah just needed to pull it out. And so he said, look, bake me bread first. And so in this, in this particular period of history, flour and oil was her food, but because it was an agricultural society, it was also her finances. And, and so what is Elijah, what is Elijah trying, to, trying to, what principle? Go ahead and write this down. He's, he's teaching her about the principle of tithing. Tithing. The word tithe means first tenth. First tenth. And it, and it belongs to God. The Bible says that the tithe belongs to God. So whenever there was a harvest, God would get the first fruits. Yeah. The, and, and the first fruits are always the best fruit. And so in terms of modern today, when we talk about finances, we're talking about our paycheck. The tithe would be the first fruit of your paycheck. Tenth. So simple math, if, if your paycheck is $2,000, 200 of it belongs to God. 200 belongs to God. And this is a principle. So, so this, is, this, is a, 
an instruction that God gives that he honors. What, what did we say a few weeks ago with Naaman? Instruction, then elevation. I, I go as far as saying in this, in this particular passage, instruction precedes increase. Instruction precedes increase. And the reason why we're calling it a principle and, and not, a, not a law, even though it is in the law, it is in Mosaic law, the tithe, and I'll, I'll talk to you about that in a moment, is because this principle predates Mosaic law. So a lot of people will say, well, we're in, a, we're in an era because of Jesus where we don't have to tithe. You're right. You don't have to get up in the morning. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to breathe. You don't have to tithe. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you don't. You don't have to tithe. But do you want to be blessed yeah. is the question. Do you want God to move is the question. Do you want the heavens to open is the question. So this is a principle that goes way back into Genesis mm -hmm. with Abel. Abel yeah. tithe. He gave God his first fruits. Cain gave God leftovers. Yeah. He gave God pocket change. Yeah. And the Bible says that God did not accept what Cain gave because he gave leftovers. Abel gave his first fruit. So when Elijah says, give me your first, he's using very specific language here. You notice that Elijah didn't say, oh, give me a piece. Because right. God never says, give me a piece. Come on. Yeah, 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 God yeah, says, yeah. give it to me first. That's right. Give it to me, give it to me first. And then Abraham, who predates Moses some 400 years, he gives a tithe to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is the king of Salem. Je Jesus, Jesus is the, the king of kings. We, we don't know if he was a pre-incarnate Jesus or what. The Bible says we don't know where Melchizedek came from. Some people think that Melchizedek was, was Jesus pre-incarnate. We can't, we can't prove it, but Abraham is, is a man of faith. He's yeah. the father of our faith. Right, right, right. And then he gets all of this blessing, all of this increase. And when he sees the king of Salem, the city of peace, the king of peace, he says, oh my goodness, I'm going to give you a tenth of all I have. So it's a principle. And then God puts the principle of the tithe in the Mosaic law in order to safeguard your blessing. So he gives you an instruction because he wants to guide you through the wilderness. When did he give the Mosaic law? In the wilderness. When is Elijah trying to give this woman this principle? In a wilderness. Where are we at as a, as a world? We're in a wilderness. We're in a wilderness. David was a tither. Jesus was a tither. Paul was a tither. Peter was a tither. And God has always blessed this principle. And so it says this here in Deuteronomy 4.23. It says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. So, so Elijah's trying to create, create a, hmm, create something in this woman. And he's trying to teach her how to put God first. Once again, he is the man of God in this season. All other prophets, if you read the story, have went into hiding because true prophets will be killed. Why? Because King Ahab is married to a woman. Her name is Jezebel. Jezebel is from Sidon. Zarephath is in Sidon. <laughs> so, 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 so Elijah is going straight to the enemy's camp. And that's the problem. You think that the enemy has control over your life right now. You think he has your resource right now. The enemy has no control over your money in this season. God has all control and he's still a provider. So he said, I need you to go to Zarephath in the region of Sidon because I'm about to slap Jezebel straight up her mouth. And I'm about to, I'm about to move. And, 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 and so he's trying to teach her how to, this cycle of faith, how to put, how to put God first. The devil doesn't like it when you tithe. 
the, the devil wants these teenagers out here hungry. He wants these mothers out here unsheltered. He wants these people out here to be struggling. He doesn't like it when the church puts God first in the finances. He doesn't like the fact that we're still having church. He loves it when church is closed down. But God is not having it. We're not having it. We're putting God first. We're going after God. We're going to live generous. Put God first. Second, second point here is, is that development happens in discomfort. Only the devil likes poverty. Only, only, only the devil likes churches that aren't growing and that aren't effective. Only, only the devil likes stingy people. Give it to me first, God yeah. says. Yeah. Give it to me first. Wow. Well, we're just going to go and bake our cakes and we're going to die and let our, let our hope go with us. No, don't do that. You don't have to do that. Yeah. You don't have to die. Development happens in, in discomfort. The widow, he said this, the widow was going to make her last meal and die. And Elijah said, make, make me something first. It, it, let me put it to you this way. It's, it's uncomfortable for her. But, but what she wants and where she wants to be will, will be the result of her trusting mm -hmm. through the discomfort yes. where she wants to be. She wants, she wants her pantry full, yeah. but we're going to go home and sir, we're going to go home and bake it and die, wow. but you don't want to die. If you really wanted to die, you wouldn't tell me that's what you're going to do. Right. So this is really a call of help. Right. You don't have to die. And, 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 and so Elijah's trying to grow her through and lead her through yeah. the lack. I love this because there was a young lady, there's a young lady who attends our church and, yeah. and she wrote here a few months back. She said, I, I wanted to share something slightly personal, but it's really been on my heart. Once again, a few months back, she said, last Sunday, pastor said something that really spoke to me. Growth happens in conviction, not comfort. So even now, this woman's faith is choosing to grow. Last year, I decided to step out in faith and begin tithing. It was very hard and a strange step because of the stigma surrounding it. But I decided to give it to God because truly I am so blessed to live the life that I live and he has rewarded me. And she said, this, this is the first year I've actually been able to grow my savings. And I realized it would have not been possible if I hadn't taken the step of tithing. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy how God can do more in our life with 90% than we can do with 100%? So her saving, this is real life testimony. So if, if we think just scripture is a figment of the past or it's a myth. Yeah. All right. So here's a real person that we know <laughs> saying like, after I started tithing, then I started saving. Yeah. Why? It's because tithing creates discipline yes. in your life. And, and she said this, I want to encourage you all to take that next step, whether it be getting up early to read your Bible to start tithing, start praying, whatever conviction it is that you're having that will bring you closer to God, do it. You will be rewarded. She, she, was, she was developing in discomfort. When, when giving would normally be your last priority is what Elijah is saying to her. He's saying, I need you to start making it your first priority. But pastor, I don't understand, man. We done lost 10 viewers because you're talking about giving. That's okay. They don't want a breakthrough. Come on. Now, yeah. since you're here and you do. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. God wants to create a new, a new cycle in your life. You know, I, I lost my job and I got, I got a couple hundred in savings. 
You know what Elijah would say? Yeah. Give out of that savings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my, I, I just, I was, I was just somewhere not too long ago and, and I, you know, I was somewhere, you know, I heard someone saying, well, they dropped my pay about $4. You know what Elijah would say? Give. Well, you know, I'm, I'm getting unemployment right now. I'm, I'm not really getting a real paycheck. But you know, this Friday, we got a red box and Netflix and chill and we go eat. Wow. Yep. We still go, we, we're hitting that Amazon. You know what Elijah would say? God created government. Come on. Go ahead and give. Yeah. That's what he would say. Because she's like, I don't have it. Ain't that's what we say, Francis? I ain't got it. I, child, child out here, y'all. I, I ain't got it. But Elijah would say, give to me first. The next point I want to encourage you with is give frequently and consistently. When, when you're in a season of lack, give frequently and consistently. Well, Pastor, what if I have nothing to my name? Give your time. Yeah. What, what? Give your time. Mm-hmm. What if I have nothing to my name? Find a local church and serve. Yeah. Pray for somebody. Yeah. Encourage somebody. Support somebody. Don't, don't sit in that dark spot. That's another thing he's growing in her. He's growing a servant's heart. He's growing a servant's heart. She, yes, I'd agree. She has nothing. But, but you can be generous in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. So give frequently and consistently. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says this. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. The first day of each week, Sunday. This is what Paul is telling the church in Corinth. Yeah. Cor- Corinth was was a Gentile city outside of Jerusalem after Christ. And he says, every Sunday, put aside a portion of the money because we're going to take that money, Paul said, first century church, and we're going to give it to people that need. This is Genesis to Revelation. This is all over the scripture. And then 1 Kings 17 says this. We'll get back to the story. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and crops. Elijah saying there's always gonna be supply in your life. In your life. Why is this? Number one, go ahead and write this down because generosity unlocks the supernatural. Generosity unlocks the supernatural. My wife and I, we've, we've been married for going on, going on seven years. I think it's eight. No, oh. 2013. <laughs> I, know, I know this week. About a month ago, she corrected me. But you're right. We, we've been giving together for eight years. Yes. Giving together for eight years. And um, just consistently, every week. Consistently. Seeing it every, every week. Yeah. Top of the budget. Top line budget, it's the offering. First thing that comes out, and it's unlocked the supernatural. And um, every other year, we, we challenge ourselves to increase it. Part of the reason why we do that, and so outside of the tithe is what you call the offering. Part of the reason why we increase it is, is to remind ourselves every other year that, that God is our ultimate supplier. None of it belongs to us. Right. And, and, and we're praying towards and we're working towards living on 10 and giving away 90%. Giving away 90%. You won't find that in scripture, but giving away 90% because we really want to see God, God move. And so uh, uh, about two years ago, we were in a transition in our living situation and no one knew. No one knew what we needed in order to move. No one knew. But we, we, had a, we had a meeting set up uh, with, with, with someone that's near and dear to our heart. And uh, this individual was leaving work. And, and when they got into our house 
after we had got through talking and praying together. At the end of the talk, they said, um, on the way here, the Lord put it on my heart to give you this amount of money. And it was the exact amount of money that we needed to transition from our townhome to our apartment to downgrade our lifestyle so that we can pay off debt and start honoring God. Yeah. It was the exact, no one knew, just me. You hadn't even told your mom. Mm-hmm. And you tell mom everything. I hadn't even told, no one knew. She said, um, they said, this is what God laid on my heart. And so the, the individual started crying because she, she, they were only able to stop at the bank and get half of it out. <laughs> and they said, um, I promise I'm gonna come back later in the week and bring you the rest. And we, we all teared up. Supernatural. You unlock the supernatural. God will provide from people through people that you least expect. But you got you to gotta be consistent with it. You can't say, well, I was getting paid and that's why I chose to, to give. No, 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 no. Consistent. Even if you have to decrease what you're giving, give, give, give right now. Give right now. And it unlocks the supernatural. And that's what Elijah is saying. If you do this, oil and flour will never dry up in your house. Never dry up in your house. Never dry up. Consistent, consistent, consistent. I remember we were on welfare and WIC and government assistance, and I was bringing in $500 every other week. And at the time, we were given 11%. And my wife challenged me because I got discouraged. And she said, we got to give that 55. Well, babe, we can eat it. What, eat and die? No, we got to give that 55, she said. We got to give that $55. That's all it was. It was a little, a little, a little change. A little, and, and now, 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 when you're consistent, when you're faithful, God bless. He will bless. He'll bless. I want to encourage your heart. Trust God. Trust God. It unlocks the supernatural. Number two, generosity changes lives. It changes lives. Your giving changes lives. This woman's giving was about to to change Elijah's life for the better. But we have to understand something here. Elijah, yes, he represents the presence of God, but the presence of God presides in the temple of men. Mm-hmm. Old Testament, uh, New Testament, since Christ has died for our sins and yeah. he's went to heaven, right. the Holy Spirit now resides within us, yeah. who once we become believers, we become the church, our called out ones. And so when she was giving, she was giving to God through the church because the church has a calling to supply, to support, and to care for the community and to draw people to God. So when she was giving to Elijah, she was supporting God's ministry in the earth in that time. And and someone please tell me, where's the first place we go when we struggle and we need help? We go to the church. We go to the church. So your generosity, when you give, it changes lives. So when you heard me say at the beginning of the offering that when you give, you you are an extension of the arm of God. So when she was going to give, she was going to support Elijah. So in Malachi 3.10, it says this here, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. This is Old Testament. The New Testament storehouse is the church. So there will be enough food in my temple. Now we are the temple of God. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. Just like Elijah just said, if you do this, oil and flour will never run out. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. I love this part of the verse. Try it. Put me to the test. This is the only place in scripture where God says, test me in this. Test me in this. Test me in this. 
God says, don't test me anywhere else. I'm going to blow it out the water. Test me in this. Because it's really not a test for God, it's a test for us. Right. And, 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 and so when, when Christ was in the world, he compared God to only one thing. Go ahead and write this down. The only thing that Christ compared God to because of the place it holds in our heart is money. And, and, and this is why he said, at my word, no rain will fall because I'm going to show you how I'm your supplier. I'm going to show you yeah, that's it. where it comes from. It's not from your job. It's not from your connections. Yeah. It's yeah. not from your, your supervisor. Right. It's, it's not from this world. Your supply, right. your breath, your strength, your gifts, yeah. your home, yeah. Your cars, your clothes, yeah, yeah. your life comes from the hand yes. of God. So in order for me to gain your full trust, I have to institute an instruction for you to give me the thing that you trust in. If COVID has shown us anything, it's shown us how feeble our resource is. So why trust in it? I'm a bait man with the sticks and I'm a bake it and die because all your trust is in it. If I can just steal your trust and put it in the right place, the provision will flow. Can I steal that trust? Can I take that trust out of your hand? Give to me first. Generosity changes lives. So write this down. This is how it goes. You give to God through the church. You give to God through the church. And and he said food. What is he talking about? Physical sustenance. In over three years, highlight we've given, and we need to celebrate this real quick. We've given over $100,000 in outreach. Let's celebrate that. $100,000 in outreach. What's crazy is is that when we started this church, there was only $2,000 in the account. And we've given over $100,000 in outreach. And we've served over um, 1,000 hours of of service. And I mean, we we started with with nothing. But but we we put that principle, 10% of every dollar that comes into the church goes to outreach. There's also something that God says in Proverbs. I'm sorry if I'm holding you long. I promise you're going to get out of here. But this is a word from God. I'm telling you, it's a word from the Lord for your life. It says in Proverbs, if you want God to be in debt with you, you give to the poor. So if you want God to owe you, you give to people who have less than you. In this moment, guess what? I know this widow is poor, but she has more than Elijah. And so the reason why she needed to give to Elijah, who represents the presence of God, because once she gave to Elijah, she would release what was in God's possession. And that's everything. (laughs) Don't, Don't miss this. So when we ask, what is Jesus, the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings? God in the flesh. What is Jesus? Jesus is building his church. And when you give to Jesus, your oil will flow. Your flower will come. Your provision will come. Your breakthrough will come. You got to give it to what he's building. Physical sustenance. What is that? There will be food in my house. Well, when you give, it, it helps to provide that, the man of food and the, the Shady Grove Middle School donations and the Adopt-A-Family, the, the hundreds of families we've adopted yeah. through Christmas and Keys to Success, teenage mothers, food in my house. These people need food. They need support. They need, they need, they need, they need. And then it provides the spiritual sustenance, the healed marriages. The new marriages, the broken addictions, the destinies that have been found, the purposes that have been discovered, 
the salvations that have happened, the baptisms that have happened, this building that we're now in right before COVID-19. It was your generosity that put us in this building and we're still pushing the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ forward. You got to generosity changes lives. It changes lives. Last point. I want to encourage you with this. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. He's he's faithful. Everyone in this room has seen it. I'm sure someone you're sitting right next to in your watch party in your home, they've, they've seen God come through. And it's not about give a dollar, get 10. That's, that's not what we're saying. This is all about trust. Because as you see your bank account deplete, you're wondering how and you're wondering why. And all God is saying is this is how. And this is why. It's because you can't outgive me. And God is, God is still your supplier. He's still your provider. He is, even if you didn't know it, he's the lover of your soul. He's still your protector. He's still your, your guiding light. He is still your truth. He is still your peace. He is still your your comfort. He is yeah. still everything that you'll ever need and more. Yeah. And so this is a call, not just to highlight church, but to every believer that's been withholding. Mm. God is saying it's time to release not just your finances, but to release your trust again. Yeah. Yeah. And until the church begins to release its trust, Certain things will not lift off of America. Wow. Trust again. Trust again. And I just, I'm just going to invite us in here right now. There's no pretty way I can put this. There's no way that you transition. You just got to let Jesus flow. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. And, and, and you, you. You need God in, in your heart. You need him in your life. You want God in your life. I just want to let you know right there in that room, he's present. Yeah. He's with you and he's for you and he sees every single need. And he already has a storehouse in heaven where he's going to provide. Jesus tells us in Revelation that there is hidden manna. Yeah. There are coffers with, with your name in heaven. God is going to release everything you need in this season. You just got to give him your heart. Give him your life. Turn to him. The Bible says repent. The issue with Israel in this text is that they had turned from God. And all Elijah was trying to get them to do was turn back to him. And then the blessings, the provision, the community, the connection, the promises would flow. And if that be you, if you don't know Christ, Jesus is saying he loves you. He died for you. He's calling you home. He wants to give you his spirit. He wants to change your life. If you know Jesus, but you've been running from God, God is saying, come on back home. I love you. You're mine. So I want you guys to intercede. And for those of you who are opening up your heart, you're going to come to Christ right now. You just repeat this prayer after me. And God is going to make you his. Bow your heads, close your eyes, repeat this prayer. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that Jesus is your son. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sin, for shedding your blood, for the remission of my sin. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Fill me. I am yours. I trust you. I believe in you. Give me the strength to glorify you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, church, let's put our hands together for that salvation. Wow, wow. Woo! 
I pray that your faith was encouraged today. I know at some junctions it was a challenging word, but if, if we just lean into it like the widow, we see God move. And, and we, we've lived it. We've seen his faithfulness. But if you just made that decision to give Jesus your life, that's the greatest decision you can make. That's the starting point. And we want to get you into community. We want to support you, pray for you, push you along in your new life. Until next week, we love you. Have a phenomenal week. Have fun at those watch parties. We'll see you for week four of The Way Up. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Love you.